Welcome back to another episode of Laugh Not to Cry. I am a co-host, Jeremy GJ, and Jazz is out. She is busy being a student and working hard, so we'll give her a pass. She'll get a break this time, but I am not alone. Yeah, this should be fun today. So today... I have the illustrious, the amazing, the philanthropic, the businesswoman, the boss, the mama bear, Jamie Gabriel. A.K.A. my mother. Welcome to the show, mama. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I told her I was going to give her an intro, but I didn't tell her what the intro was going to be. So, you know. Had to go off the top of the dome because y'all not all like to write things down. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my mom's my mom's pretty cool, you know. Oh, I forgot she I forgot a uh, talk show host. Uh, what else I forget? I mean, event planner, uh, uh, all around just amazing human being. So this should be this should be a fun time today and. Uh, we're just going to get into one of our conversations and see where it goes. I don't. I really have nothing planned for today. Um, so yeah, Mama, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, this new transition uh, that I decided to take on at forty three has been uh, absolutely interesting, uh, to mm-hmm. say the least. But um, it's been rewarding thus far. Awesome. I'm also going to say my mom got all dolled up for this podcast, even though I told her it was audio only. And now I feel bad because I'm sitting here in the Star Wars t-shirt based off of a Da Vinci painting. And she, she's got her face and her hair on. And I'm just looking like a 55-year-old man who just got released from two years of prison. So <laughs> um, I'm glad no. I don't do video for this because she's putting me to shame currently. But uh <laughs> but 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 for for sake of this show, if you have been into the Zoom world or Teams and Skype and all of that, yeah. I have purposed myself to make sure that I am fully put together before mm-hmm. I get on any any of these platforms because you never know when that video is going to just pop up and you cannot be in hair rollers and slob on your face. So Yeah, that's true. See, I even though I was part of this pandemic i did not have any of those where i really had to be on zoom that much because you know teaching dance over zoom is what we call hot garbage um especially (laughs) when all your kids live in the middle of rural ohio and their internet is uh less than par so that died real fast (laughs) so um yeah i haven't i haven't spent too much time on zoom except for you know recording the podcast and like i said the podcast is audio only so i can look however because you know no one's going to see me but also i do purpose myself to at least put on a shirt so i don't offend anybody <laughs> so i always remember that always put on a shirt before you get on the zoom so. <laughs> duly noted i try to do that regularly too <laughs> Although it may be welcomed uh, by a few people to not have it on, but uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. So. That's not that's not the type of content we're creating <laughs> currently. So, no. uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, 
the transition my mom is referring to, and yes, you did hear she is 43 and everybody's going to go, oh my God, your mom's so young. But my dad's the exact same age. If you listen to the podcast, you know, born the same year, just different months. Yes, I have young parents, which means they've been pretty cool about, you know, their sons growing up and say they want to be a dancer. I had no either of them say, um, that's kind of weird, sir. What are you doing? So perks of having young parents is that they're like, okay, cool. Do your thing. We'll support you. Um, and so for all you who got old parents, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel for you. I really, I really do. I do really feel for you. You know, it's just a different generation, different times, you know? So yeah. But anyway, yes, my mom is one, not just my mom. I have two younger siblings. She has a middle schooler and a high schooler and she looks like a high schooler so i guess <laughs> confusing for people on a regular basis um but yeah she's a mom of mom of three doing crazy amazing things um and why don't you why don't you speak on your transition because that's not my place this is you have a mouth <laughs> yeah so um we go through life and this is definitely for young adults and older people and whatever you want to call children of all ages. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go through life assuming that we have to fit a certain uh, job profession, career uh, that when you hit a certain age, you can't do things. And uh, this year, well, the pandemic actually showed me, Um, that it was much more important to be my whole self than part Mm -hmm. of myself. And Mm -hmm. let me explain what that means. So you chase a career and the ladder and go up higher and get these titles and all of these things, but you lose yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. You put away things that you always wanted to do in life because you believe you have to make a certain amount of income and that you have to follow the proverbial climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. And as Jeremy mentioned, I was very, very supportive of him becoming a dancer because that was one of my dreams when I was a little girl growing up. Uh, but someone told me, you can't make money in that. And I was like, okay, change course, go be boring, mm-hmm. get a job and do business stuff and uh, just make money. Mm-hmm. And then I found I wasn't happy. There was not any color in that career field for me. And mm-hmm. so birthed several other businesses along the way. Uh, Jeremy mentioned the event planning company that mm-hmm. started on a whim. Really, it was because I kept going to people's parties and the person who was supposed to be there to be the event planner wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And my natural... Um, self controlling at times just took over (laughs) and uh, was like, we got to make this happen because this is their event and it shouldn't suck. And so then I said, well, I should make money at this instead of just keep showing up to people's party as a guest and then being their planner. Yeah. Which, you know, I've kind of inherited uh, (laughs) recently went to a wedding they it was kind of what people like to call a shotgun wedding 
the bride and groom didn't want it, but you know the parents did, and so they were just doing it to appease the parents. Like they love each other, they were just like, we don't need all the ceremony, but the parents were like, yes, you do. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're at this wedding, and. No one knows where they're supposed to be going. No one knows what they're supposed to be doing. There's no interests has been worked out. There's not been a rehearsal. There's been nothing. Oh, wow. So, you know, uh, centerpieces were made on a spot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the, 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 uh, the little Jamie Gabriel that lives in me, you know, <laughs> came to the surface and uh, I just start directing people and moving things and putting things together and straightening things and directing people. And there's a lady there whose profession, she was a a wedding coordinator. And she was like, I, I was not planning on being du- on duty today, but I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad <laughs> I should. That was, and she was just like, you're so cool. And I was like, yeah, well, my mom has an event planner. She was like, I knew I liked you for some reason. I just <laughs> I just knew it. And bride and groom were just so thankful that I was there to able to help. And I was just like, yeah, because I don't know what y'all would have did. I don't know what I don't know how this would have turned out. It would have it would have been very, very interesting nonetheless. But yeah, so your um let's just say your genes of whatever that is is uh very (laughs) strong and very prevalent in the back of my mind. So uh So, yeah, uh, we're just going to plug all your businesses as we go along. So the name of this event planning company is Serving You Event Planning. Um, As we know it in the house, yep. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And um, the cool part about growing up and having a mom who does event planning and, you know, just is all around creative is that it forces you to kind of be creative, too. because you're going to be enlisted for help. And oh, no doubt. <laughs> there's no there's no way for you not to be enlisted for help. And <laughs> you just learn things that you didn't know you were interested in. And it helps foster this this healthy metabolism for lear- wanting to learn new things that are creative and interesting and different. Right. So like CF has this product that's called a forever favor, which I don't know that you've made one in a good long while, but that was like one of my favorite things because I helped a lot and I gave it to, I bought a few and gave them out as gifts for a lot of people. And so the concept is, you know, people get bouquets and stuff and, you know, they usually use fake flowers and um, they're cool. Sometimes they use real yeah. flowers and they're cool, right. but they usually leave the stems on or they cut they take yes. the plastic stems off and they're just kind of floating in a vase with some <laughs> with some marbles or what have you. And my mom was like, We can make this more interesting, can't we? So instead of just having, you know, fake flowers with the stems, she decided to add tubes to the bottom of these flowers. And then with in those tubes you can put whatever you want. You put snacks, like nuts or M and M's or Jolly Ranchers, if you're a weirdo, um, or if you want to just put the marbles in there to weigh them down or whatever, but it's a forever favor. It will never go away, but it's way more interesting than just having a bouquet of, you know, these fake flowers. And so 
was I was that middle school, high school? Yes, that was uh, middle school when I Mid- first started that project. And that yeah, started because um, your aunt was working with a lady for some cupcakes or something. And she's like, oh, do you know someone who can make this centerpiece? And uh, naturally, my sister says, yes, my sister can. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. So I take a look at this picture and what this person was asking for. Okay, this is the other thing. Even if you have your own business and someone requests that you make something that someone else makes, do your due diligence. Because if mm-hmm. it is patented, if it's copyrighted, if it's trademarked, you going and doing a complete replica of something that someone else did, you're stealing. So yep. um, I did my research found out it was a company out in California and they had a trademark pending, but they had the copyright. And I was like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. And mm-hmm. the reason why she wanted someone else to do it was because she waited too long to place the order because uh, they were custom pieces and it took mm-hmm. six weeks for them to make. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, let's figure out something else. So I looked at their concept and said, let's uh, make a modification with the supplies that are around me um, and see if I can make this happen. I put it all together. Bouquet came out beautifully. And she said, no. Hmm. And I can tell you I was crushed because I was like, one, I'm not going to steal somebody else's design. My integrity is not going to allow that. Two, Mm. this is something so original and you shot it down, but her no turned into so many other yeses because I know Mm. we sold about a hundred of those arrangements. So Mm. um, I haven't made one in a while. So thank you for the reminder. And I'm going to have to make a few soon. (laughs) Yeah, those were my my favorite because I just thought they were just so cool. Like. Some of my favorite products, actually, my mom actually made. And it's not just because of bias. It's just because they're actually pretty freaking cool. Um, but, yeah, those were one of the things that, like, I would give to people that I was really, like, close to or really into. Um, <laughs> uh, and everyone else besides that one bonehead lady thought they were amazing who I brought the idea past. So, um, but yeah, during that project, I would help like cut the ribbons and wrap them around the tubes and uh, help fill the tubes up or help, you know, hot glue the the flowers to the caps or put the caps on the tubes once they were filled or whatever. So it kind of like, I don't know, it became like a family business because she needed the help, but also because I was like into it. Like I wanted to help my mom like succeed at something. Um, and so that was... That was fun. And then, I mean, not technically her business, but she made it her own. We transitioned me into like high school. And she started selling this product called, we just say 3 1. They don't get any free <laughs> promo on my page. Um, <laughs> I think they're, because they're still around. So they are. Um, they are. And I know that I don't I don't know why I'm pretending like I don't know that they're still around because I was at their warehouse not too long ago moving stuff. Yeah. Um and so the thing about having a supportive par- parent is that they will go out of their way to make sure you have the things that you 
need, but even more so sometimes they'll go out of their way to make sure you have the things that you want. So I'm kind of skipping through high school because my memory is just terrible um like i remember (laughs) things but placing them in my life at what specific times not a thing i can do very well Uh, (laughs) so um well that was definitely high school and that was definitely high school it was definitely stream of income to junior year yep for uh college and yeah all the supplies you needed and uh, gear to pack it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, uh, it was actually fruitful for the time being and, and it served its purpose. Yeah. But it also was like, it was part of the reason I was able to get my varsity jacket. It, it helped with, uh, you know, me going to prom and helped like with my first car. So I was like, I'm like growing, like getting out of high school, going into college, you know, and hearing about all these people. Well, actually it was after college mostly, hearing all these people like, I got my first car on my own. I didn't ask my parents for nothing. My parents got nothing for me. I did it all by myself. I'm an adult. Who is you? Who You can't like this status if your mama bought your first car. And I'm like, <laughs> your life is rough, cuz, cuz. <laughs> I don't feel no shame about my mama buying my first car. And the reason my mom bought my first car was because I had to go to college at the end of my school day. And she said, I'm not taking off of work to take you to college. <laughs> no. But also, <laughs> she wanted me to have some independence. And she wanted me to be able to do things on my own steam and teach me responsibility about taking care of a car, putting gas in the car, what I need to do in order to maintain this car. So... I'm sorry your parents didn't love you like mine did, but don't come for me and my mama because she decided to get me a car. Thanks. But also she decided to get me two because she's awesome. And I'm not going to be mad about that (laughs) because in college I was brizzo. I had very little money. So... I don't, if I didn't have that car in rural Ohio, life would have been significantly different for me. And I also would have missed out on a lot of opportunities for things like later being able to do bar and bat mitzvahs and make some money so I can get home for, you know, breaks or getting home for breaks. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Taking people to the airport (laughs) before Uber started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right we should have you know i didn't even think about that um yeah but you were already doing that before mm-hmm. it became a thing so yeah yeah and also what else helped me yeah help me move in and out of college when like not necessarily anybody could help me come down or it's just like um there's nothing special about this move now. I'm a junior, senior, like I'm a sophomore, junior. Like <laughs> I, I don't need, you can down freshman year, you see me senior year, uh, all the extra between <laughs> times. No, we don't need you traveling back and forth to help me do that. I got it down to a science now. Um, but that travel, let me tell you, that traveling, those, those were some critical times in my life with hmm. moving you in. Yeah. Um, 
because let's see, your aunt was with me the one time mm-hmm. and we were able to, I was able to show her something a little bit different. And mm-hmm. she had talked, was talking about motor homes, uh, RVs for a really long time, but she hadn't taken the plunge to actually go and look at some. Hmm. And so there was this whole beautiful uh, RV, um, new RVs for sale near the mm-hmm. hotel we were staying at. Mm-hmm. So still there. So we were able to, you know, cause we stayed down for a while, go tour the RVs. I was like, see, you can customize everything. And mm-hmm. then we went and looked at the new houses that were being built because I was like, I'm not trying to stay in an RV. I want the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it gave us the opportunity to dream, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. most times you can't see uh, what you need to see if you don't go in window shop. And it's not yeah. window shopping just at clothing stores, but it's window shopping with houses, which you and I have done in mm-hmm. the past too. Mm-hmm. Um, window shopping for cars, going into these areas that you want to be some at some point mm-hmm. makes them become reality for you, mm-hmm. makes them feel more tangible. Mm-hmm. And those were critical times for us. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Matter of yeah. fact, I started wearing thong sandals when I finally moved you into college. <laughs> I'm glad that sentence ended with sandals because my brain was like, me moving into college is when my mama started wearing thongs. Yeah, thongs. She's like, ooh, the the oldest one is gone. The oldest one is gone. It's just my husband and my girls going wild now. Um, Sandals. Sandals. I still don't wear those. I hate that flop, flop flop noise they make it drives me insane i can't stand the flop noise but i can say when you go to jamaica you want your toes free okay and there are places that you're traveling mm-hmm. that you don't want bare feet yeah. so and a lot of the really cute thong sandals are thong sandals mm. all the rest of them look like you know you're having to come in a jesus moment or a moses <laughs> i'm like that does not go with my outfit i have on this beautiful dress and mm-hmm. i'm looking like i'm gonna help part the red sea that's not happening <laughs> see my whole thing is ath- athleisure wear so <laughs> my adidas slides match just fine i don't need i don't need to split the big toe from the middle toe like, <laughs> it's fine I, it used so, to be separation anxiety for me as well that's why I didn't do the thong sandals. <laughs> but now they learn to, you know, sometimes you need to be separate and equal. <laughs> separate. In the process, um, just so I could wear some cute sandals. Um, but you will be proud of me that I bought some uh, Puma slides. Ooh. Yeah, I did. So- I, I ventured. So my mother is saying that I would be proud of her for getting some Puma slides. You guys are probably like, Puma slides, basic, right? But this is a woman who does, who just now in the year of our Lord 2021 <laughs> is now getting into leisure wear because everywhere she went, she outdressed whoever the function was for, even if it was simple. So, you know. I think she has like some like 
sweatpants now. Now they're designer sweatpants, <laughs> but they're sweatpants. Uh, I think maybe she has some jeans now. I I'm do. Missing. I'm up to <laughs> maybe 10 pair. Yeah, but they're probably still skinny and bougie, but they're jeans. Right? Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. So this is a woman I'm used to seeing in like a pantsuit. Like she's very put together. So her getting some Puma slides is like, I can tell the girls are rubbing off on her. <laughs> uh, yes. And it was an addition to the... Las Vegas and LA trip. Yeah, so she just went out to Las Vegas and uh, Callie with my cousin for her 25th birthday, which is really cool. Slight, I'm slightly green because I wish I could have <laughs> went, but you know, as I say on this a lot, I just got no monies. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, my partner and I were trying to move, so it was just not in the budget. Speaking of budgets, this is the person who taught me all about budgets. I think <laughs> I don't know if I told this story on here, but this is one of my favorite stories to tell about my mom because it just kind of personifies <laughs> our relationship just in a very neat package, if you will. Um, so you know when you're a kid and you're like – always asking for things and your parents usually go no and you go why because you're a kid and you don't know anything and then they go because i said so and then you go what does that mean and then you get popped in the mouth for talking back so <laughs> i didn't have this sort of relationship with my mom too often but i don't for a long time i was the only child you know, for 11 years, I was the only child. So I didn't really want for much. Um, if I, before I thought it, I had it. I had my mom who would get me things, my dad who would get me things, and an aunt who would just get me everything. So I didn't really ask for too much. But every so often I would. Um, and in this particular reason, I didn't get the, because I said so, response. I got a Come here, Jeremy. And I said, okay. <laughs> she had our laptop open and there was a spreadsheet. Excel. Now, mind you, my mother taught herself Excel. I learned this out in recent years and I was just like, huh, well, isn't that cool? Um, and she says, you see all these categories? I go, uh-huh. And she said, you see this column right here? And she, I go, uh-huh. She said, this is all of the money that I have for the house to feed you, to clothe you, to take care of everything. I go, okay. She said, do you see any categories over here for toys? <laughs> and I said, no. Cause at this point I'm very good at reading. Um, no top <laughs> of the class. Um, young prodigy so i did not see <laughs> t-o-y-s so it was not there so she's like no no it's not there she goes that means i don't have the money for it and me being a prodigy i was like oh well that makes sense 
And then I didn't ask for anything again because it wasn't on the sheet. And, you know, I kind of I kind of still live my life that way. Um, like a recent, well, recent-ish story. I think I was home for one break for something for college. And there was a pair of roller skates that I had been wanting for a few years. And I'm looking and it's on sale because it's Black Friday. So it had to be like Thanksgiving, Christmas break. And they're like 60 bucks. They're usually like 150. And I'm just like biting my nails and like bawling my fists because I'm like, I want them. But in my head, it's like, it's not on the sheet. Like, and the sheet I created <laughs> in my head, these skates are not on the sheet. And my mom, she sees my face and she goes, Jeremy, what is going on? And I'm like, there's these skates I want and they're on sale for $60. But it's not in the budget. And she's like, budget for what? I'm just like, it's just not in the budget. <laughs> She's like, Jeremy, it's okay to treat yourself sometimes. You don't spend money on anything. Just buy the skates. And it still took me another 10 minutes of like, can I do this? Yes. (laughs) Can I spend this money? She's like, buy the skates. So I bought the skates. (laughs) And if if at any point you were a friend of mine on Snapchat, you might have seen me riding around my little fancy apartment in my dining area and my skis. But oh my gosh. <laughs> it was COVID. I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, at least the they were time. being used. <laughs> yes. And I can't, I can't, you know, I couldn't go out in a pandemic. And when it's not a pandemic, I'm working three jobs. So True. it was the only time I had to use them. So I was trying to get, get use of them in the apartment. I don't think my neighbors care because they weren't here. Uh- <laughs> All I can say was some of my best times with some of my cousins was skating in the basement. Mm. We couldn't go to the roller rink because you were too mm-hmm. young and it kept having Friday night team, whatever mm-hmm. crap going on. That basement was the best roller rink you could have. Yeah. Just clear everything out and skate around there. But, um, yeah, you can't do that in basements these days because everybody has carpet and theaters mm-hmm. and everything else. So that should taking be away another childhood nicety. Yeah, that should be a thing. That should be a thing that we do when we design our houses. We should leave a section off in the basement with the pole still there so you can get that childhood nostalgia child- of almost dying. Almost dying, you- yeah. Almost run to that pole, smack <laughs> head on. I mean, I've had it happen around. a couple times, you know. <laughs> And I remember the poll always wins. Um, every time. Every never time. loses. Undefeated. Never loses. <laughs> it looks at you like, oh, you thought you were going to win this time. <laughs> nah. Yeah, <laughs> thought. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should leave. We should build in polls. It shouldn't even, they don't even need to support the house. There should just be polls there. <laughs> just thick concrete poles <laughs> painted red. Just as a part of the, for the nostalgia. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> roller ring stories happened again when I was in college and I came home for a break and now <laughs> I am, my sisters are now old enough at this point 
for me to take them places and it's not like a big whoop so much like for them they're like oh we're going with brother but yes. for my mom it's not like you're taking my babies where so <laughs> um you know we take i take them to the local roller rink you know because they want to go skate i'm big bro but at this point they have been living in ohio for a good long while <laughs> and um let's say they're the color and they're uh, class <laughs> Would you? and yes I know on this show it always goes back to race but when you're black it's kind of hard to avoid it um, <laughs> and so we walk in and <laughs> we're skating and we're, we're getting our skates together and I just see them like scanning back and forth, taking in all the sounds. Now, we go in on a night that's um, run asunder by the local <laughs> black youth. Um, and if you've ever been in a place with a lot of black teenagers, it's uh, noisy, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, some very. decibels are very mm -hmm. audible. Um, and there's a lot of ah screams <laughs> All those kind of noises that are usually a part of a black youth function. Um, and the oldest one turns and looks at me and she goes, I haven't been around this many black people in a long time. <laughs> and I could just hear the discomfort in her voice, not just because they were black, but just because she was black. And she just kind of felt out of place. But it was the funniest thing to me because the <laughs> observation came fast and astute as she realized, oh, I'm not one of them quite. Um, and this is not the environment <laughs> that I have been in for a while. Um, and the little one just kind of nodded her head in agreement like, yeah, this is different. This is different yeah. than what we're used to at this point. But I think it was also like a really good experience for them to be in that environment because, yes. you know, for me growing up, you know, I kind of got, I got both sides of the world of what it means to be black, you know? Yes. Or just it's not two, but I got two versions of what it means to be black. On my dad's side, they are rough and rowdy. Those are some ready <laughs> to go at any time type of people, right? It, like they are the definition of on site. Like <laughs> it actually might be the they might be the definition of before site because <laughs> they ain't got to see you to bring the they noise don't. to your house. Like, it ain't a problem for them. No. And then I, on my mom's side, is it's a little bit uh, more cerebral. Not saying the Jacksons aren't, they don't think. It's just we think a little bit longer. Now, if we need to bring the fury, we can. But we'll, we'll talk you with punches first before we throw <laughs> the punches. Um, Give you the opportunity to rethink yeah, what's coming next. Yeah, because it's, 
you know it's coming. You can tell by the diction and enunciation that the ass beating is on its way. <laughs> well, we're True. giving you a chance to repent <laughs> before your sins <laughs> are cast upon your back. <laughs> um, so a got, certain death might be imminent <laughs> if you don't turn back now. <laughs> you know, the fork in the road has now become just a single road to your demise. So <laughs> choose carefully. Um, and so that's. I've got to see both worlds and interact and learn how to mix and mingle and co-switch. And, you know, you know, I walk through the streets of Detroit, not too leery because I know how to turn on that certain part of swagger, that certain part of like, I belong here. But I can also go to the burbs and, you know, talk to Jim and say, how the hell are you? You know, and just have this <laughs> conversation where he understands that I'm just... I'm I'm one of the good ones, you know, even though I hate that phrase. But, you know, I can I can mix and mingle in whatever arenas I need to be in. And for them, I will I kinda want the same thing. Like I don't want them to necessarily see all the things that I saw, but to be able to have that that come and go as they please. It, and it makes life a lot more fun and more interesting because then you get to play around in a lot more different groups. Um, and yeah. there's some, some interesting dynamics to that, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to experience that. I got to experience it. They did experience it for a while. Mm -hmm. when we were in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then they had the code switch when we came to Ohio. Right. And then there was this metamorphosis that I had to do in front of them so that they could understand that it was okay to be proud of being black. Mm. Right. So it was never my intentions to not talk about being black. Mm -hmm. And it was not my intentions to say, hey, you know, black is no good. It was just like, okay, I know that I am. And so why do we need to have a discussion about it every right. five minutes? But with the things that occurred with all of the deaths that were going on, mm -hmm. and no matter what you do as a parent, right now, social media is the teacher of everybody, mm -hmm. no matter your age, and you have to be prepared to have those conversations. And those things hit me hard because yeah. now I need to go and talk to my young daughters about something that I didn't feel like I needed to talk about, mm -hmm. but now we need to talk about it. Yeah. And now I need to allow them to express themselves so that they don't go into some deep abyss of depression because mm -hmm. now they're thinking that black is bad and it's wrong when they're like, we've been living this black life all this time. And it didn't seem to be an issue. Now, all, all right. of a sudden, it is. Mm -hmm. So um, what I can say is these young ladies, as smart as they are, they were able to educate those that were in their lives um, that were not Black on issues that, you know, other people could not identify with. 
Mm-hmm. And they did say, you know, why do I have to have this burden? I said, well, it's not so much that it's a burden, but it's our reality. Mm-hmm. And if you don't educate them on who you are, someone else will educate them and misinform them. Mm-hmm. So you take the lead and you change the narrative. Don't allow somebody else to create your narrative for you on your narrative. And that's what you speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't live with them anymore. So I really don't know what's going on with them, mostly because, you know, all three of us have phones, but they seem not to want to. They always want the a phone to call me. And then now I don't hear from them ever. So, you know, the wheel turns. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, I'm not really too upset about it because I remember I, me being a teenager wasn't that long ago. Um, so it's just like you're in your own world. You're real selfish. You're kind of just focusing on surviving, even though life is real survivable at that time. But it seems because of hormones and everything else that w- the world is coming to an end every hour on the hour. So true. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm not really on them. But once 18 hits. Oh, yes. Once 18 hits and I'm still not getting texts, then I'm going to be on hits because, <laughs> like, I know at 18, you're not an adult, but at 18, to me, you should have some more self awareness. And so yes. uh, I. We'll we'll get to there though. They're they're getting close, but they're not quite there yet. So they still have some leeway from me. Uh, yeah. uh, but no, lovely young ladies. I'm excited to see what they decide to do as they continue to grow and see what humans they become. Because I'm already enjoying who they are as they are now. Um, so uh, another time that we've gotten to say travel together because of you know all of the great amazing things that i've done and accomplished in life uh, (laughs) is when i got to go to new york for a semester and so my mom my aunt and my cousin we uh drove to new york from michigan which to some people seems crazy but we're also a family that would drive from michigan to florida Yes. Um, with only pee breaks. So <laughs> I wasn't really that daunting of a task. And we took a break in between from driving Michigan to New York. We actually did stop one night. So, um, but that was a cool experience because it was all of our first times, I'm pretty sure, yes. in yes. New York. Um, so the rude was- as I ever driven in my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my mom actually had to take on the daunty task of driving through Manhattan, which is, uh, if you've ever been to New York, not a place you want to drive. Um, there's nothing but one ways, and uh, people who don't pause don't—they just honk. Don't they? Don't they? They don't care that your place says that you're out of state. You should immediately when you come in, you should know how to drive like a New Yorker. That's just their mentality. You're in New York. You're a New Yorker now. Figure it out. So (laughs) (laughs) that was cool. And like just walk because we walked around for a little bit and, you know, we're kind of just getting laid on land. It was just kind of cool to be in this big experience. Now, what's cool about this conversation is you get to fill me in all the things I missed. 
right? Because I didn't know anything about that <laughs> that RV story. I, I had <laughs> no clue about that RV story. So, <laughs> well, I can't tell you. Like, so, um, we when you say that we are talkers and we'll like talk you through the process before we go to the next level. It's kind of like the Kevin Hart hands moving up when he's talking about the thug. <laughs> the battle rappers. And, um, <laughs> so we, uh, your aunt, we're circling, trying to find a space to park. And I mm-hmm. think this was when we came back to pick you up. Okay. Yep. And nobody would allow us to get into a space. Mm-hmm. Your auntie got out of the car, stood in the space, and looked this car down and was like, This spot ours. You are not getting it. I was like, Uh-oh. New York has taken over. Nah, New Detroit York took over. over. Detroit took over. Nah, that Detroit, was, that was... straight Highland Park, <laughs> straight no chaser. Uh, earrings up. was about to be off. <laughs> you not getting the space. We parked murder, right murder now. Mitt and uh, murder mitt energy. <laughs> it was hilarious. Then, um, oh yeah. So when we left you that night, I think it was, and we had to go stay in the hotel. Oh man, uh, we went to go find food to eat. Mm-hmm. And so we're walking and I'm like, everything looks suspicious around here. Nothing looks <laughs> um, gentle. It just, you know, New York is not going to take me on. So, yeah. So all of those things are growing up and like, OK, who's the bully? Who 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 looks like they're going to try to attack us from what angle? My head's on a swivel. I'm looking at everything. I'm even looking at the dogs that are walking with the owners. Cause I'm like, I don't trust any of you right now. And so we're like, okay, we'll just get a salad and fruit. Man. I was like, did we even bring enough money to get salad and fruit? It was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, so, so yeah. Yeah. I'll let you, uh, kick in from there <laughs> yeah so i lived in new york for three months and one of the quintessential stories there are two for me there's a few actually new york was just new york is where most of my stories happen to be honest um <laughs> i haven't been alive very long but new york just aged me like 40 <laughs> years while i was there um so one story is um I'm grocery shopping. It had to be like in the first two weeks that I'm there. And I text my mom and I go, how much do you pay for ground turkey in Michigan? <laughs> I remember this conversation. <laughs> she texts back, oh, like four or $5. And I go, it's $10 yeah. for a pound of ground turkey. And she said, Genio? And I said, <laughs> yes, the same. $10 for a pound of ground turkey. So that leads into my next story where I almost starved. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Which you didn't tell me until you got back from that trip and yes, no, years later. I'll explain. So um, when my mom dropped me off, she dropped me off with some money. 
Now, if we were in the Midwest, it would have been a decent amount of money. It was like one to two hundred dollars. It was to me significant. And then I had to get train fare. And I realized I didn't have (laughs) enough money. So here's also what happened. Before I went to New York, the summer before I went to New York, I worked all summer. Did I work two jobs that summer? No. That was the summer I just, I worked, no, I worked, what did I work? I worked at the plant. I worked at Rockwell. I feel like I did Mm -hmm. something else. Party City? No, that was a different summer. Was it? I think it was. Because I did had a summer where I worked Party City and Kaminga. Yes. And then I had a summer, I think I just worked um, at Rockwell because I was doing 10-hour shifts. Um, oh, right. Right. And I was getting up at like 4 a.m. to be to work. I was getting up at 3 a.m. to be to work at 4 a.m. Because yes. Yeah. Uh, that job sucked when I le- when I was leaving. <laughs> the manager said, "You know, mm, the colors on your wings are just a little bit brighter than the rest of the butterflies in here." So <laughs> that was his encouragement for me to finish college. So. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so I had to get train fare. And so that was just eating money, like, left and right. And then I had to get groceries. So that was eating money left and right. And so um, I also, that was the summer before, but I went in the spring semester, not the fall semester. So during the fall semester, I still had to pay for books. I still had to pay for gas. So those savings just kept getting chopped and chopped away. So I didn't have very much by the time I got to New York. So I'm doing what I can. I'm working. I'm like, I have an internship, but I'm not getting paid for the internship. Because before I left, they told me you can't double dip. You can't get educational credit and get paid. That's double dipping. Double dipping. That's against the law. So I was like, okay. So I'm not supposed to make money in the city. So right. I I go to this art show that they were having for free at NYU, and I'm just standing there and listen. I'm listening to the poetry, and at the end, there's this gallery. So I'm standing and I'm looking at the art, and I'm dressed in Darth Vader from head to toe. So I have on. My Darth Vader scully. I had a Darth Vader shirt. I had on Darth Vader sweats. I had on my Adidas with Darth Vader face on the back. It says Darth Vader. It says Star Wars across the front. Darth Vader on the laces. And this lady comes up. This random white lady comes up. She goes, "I like your outfit." I go, "Thanks." She's like, "I like your style. You seem like a cool guy." And I was like, "Appreciate it." Random white lady hands me her card. <laughs> I go, "Okay, cool." I'll take it. Fine. And so I'm at a point where I'm sort of running out of money. And before she left, she was like, call me if you need anything. And I'm like, cool. All right. And so at the point I'm running out of money, I'm like, I'm going to call this lady. So (laughs) um, I call her. She's like, yeah, I'll take you out to lunch. She takes me out to lunch. She pays for lunch. She gives me some money. And I go, oh, well, thank you. And she's like, cool, I work for a production company for uh, some type of TV something. 
and I need some help with some things. And I go, okay. And she says, I have this editing software that I need to figure out, and I want to learn Snapchat. And I go, well, I know Snapchat. (laughs) I don't know this editing thing, but I'm sure I can figure it out. So (laughs) she... Yeah, I don't think I've ever told you this story, but she invites me back to her apartment. Nothing sexual happens. Literally just look at this editing software that I've never seen before and figure it out. And then I teach her Snapchat. She hands me like 200 bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> I need this money. Absolutely need this money. And so I'm still grinding, whatever. Money is going very fast. And at one point, I just flat out run out of money. I'm just out. I don't have money for food. I don't have money for the train. I walk from Tribeca to Manhattan, which, if you don't know how far that is, that's about 26 miles. Like, by foot, like, I still have the shoes. It looks like my heels look like eraser heads. (laughs) Like, I was pimping like <laughs> I would and it'd be bad because I'll walk 10 blocks in the wrong direction before my GPS oh. tell me that I'm going the wrong way and then I have to turn around and walk the other way I'll get back to the brownstone which was like a five-story walk up I'm on the fourth floor I lay in my bed and all the muscle fibers in my legs are twitching just oh. uh, I feel like small things are crawling on me it was awful and so in my head I'm going, I can't ask my mom for money. Here are my two reasons. She left me with money. (laughs) I got younger siblings. They need to eat. So (laughs) I'm like, she's already done her part. She got me out here. She already gave me money. It's fine. And I was like, I don't ask my dad for anything, though. So (laughs) I'm about to hit this nigga up. (laughs) So I called my dad. I said, hey, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I guess my siblings, he t- he was like, he told, my, told Jameer and Gigi, he was like, hey, we got to go to go to Walmart. And they were like, why? He was like, Your brother's hungry. And they, apparently they were like, what? And I like, got this big tizzy. <laughs> they ran to Walmart and packed everything they could grab into a box. And that was the first time I ever had like the Campbell's like, Chowder soups or whatever. I didn't care. Chowder. I was, I, I was so hungry. It was like the thick ones. That's like chicken and dumplings or Dumplin. whatever. Oh my gosh! He was like, "We go make sure you got we, some thick." We go make sure soup. you eat because then he gave me like a big old box of minute rice. Like we know what rice do. Cereal, cereal like. Bought me, sent me this box from Michigan to New York, and I was eating off that for a while. <laughs> and then I, I was, I was talking to the program director because I was getting low on those funds, mm-hmm. and I had already called that lady back, and she helped. I, she called me over to help her sort some taxes, her receipts, because <laughs> she was getting audited. So uh. <laughs> and then she paid me a hundred dollars for that. But you know, a uh unlimited swipes train pass was like one fifteen when I was mm. there, and I think it's more now. So like, 
$100 meant nothing, especially if I'm going back and forth from Tribeca to Greenwich Village and all this. I, I was going everywhere. So um, I talked to the program director and I go, hey, I'm hungry. <laughs> and my internship has a stipend. Can I take that, please? I know I'm not allowed to double dip, but can I have that? And she just looked at me and she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, huh? And she was like, yeah, I don't know what, what the double dip means, but no, oh. they're paying you. They would offer to pay you. You can take it. And when I tell you, I almost had an aneurysm, mama, because I wanted, I wish I had the powers to telepathically choke somebody from 100 <laughs> miles away. Hundreds That's of miles away. Darth power. Yeah, because <laughs> the pro the international program director from Ohio Wesleyan was the one who told me I could not double dip, and I that was the reason I have wow. lost weight and walked so many miles is because mm -hmm. this man told me I could not double dip, and so this is like a month and a half in, <laughs> and so. I ended up doing some extra work from Gibney where they paid me way more than they should have because they heard I was hungry. And then I ended up getting my stipend. And then the rest of my time in New York was much more pleasurable because I could eat <laughs> and I could go right. places. Um, <laughs> everybody was like, you were in New York. Did you see Statue of Liberty? You were in New York. Did you see? I was like, I was at work. Cause <laughs> if I wasn't at work, I was at the brownstone. I had money to do nothing. If it wasn't, it wasn't free on the pavement. I see it. <laughs> I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and they were like, I was at the front desk, and I thought I had to pay to get in, and a bunch of people from the program were going, and I was like, I, I guess I could spend this $7 I have in my account and go to the Met because I'm in New York. And they were like, donations are optional. Oh, we oh. highly recommend it, but donations are optional. <laughs> oh, then you're not getting anything from me. <laughs> not today. I'll send it later. <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing here, but I need this $7. Thanks. Bye. I'm going to go look at the sarcophaguses. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in New York is when I learned my lesson of two things leave time to get lost because when yes. i first got there i didn't know where i was going and i didn't realize that google maps had it where you could set up where it would tell you on the google maps on what trains to take and so uh -huh. i was just in the subways trying to read the signs and they meant oh. nothing to me <laughs> meant oh zero to me so i was trying to go to tribeca ended up in central park Total opposite directions. Oh, and I'm wow. looking, I'm like, these numbers are going higher. <laughs> I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. And I get on a train and finally my way to Rebecca. But I left so early that I still made it to my interview on time. And so um, that was my lesson of like, leave time to get lost because in life, sometimes you will get lost and it's okay. You don't have to freak out. 
kind of enjoy where you are in that moment. And eventually you will get back on the path that you need to, to get to where you're going. And you're then welcome. Say, yes. You did teach me that <laughs> because we were always punctual and early to everything, which is why I know how to set up parties and tear them down. <laughs> we were the first ones to get there and the last ones to leave because, again, my mother is an event planner. Uh, then <laughs> the second lesson I learned is don't be afraid to ask for help because if I didn't talk to the program director, if I didn't call my dad, and if I didn't call that random white lady, I would have not survived New York. Um, and Very true. those were like pivotal lessons to me. Now, everyone who listened to the story about, here's the end story for the white lady. The last night I was there, <laughs> she took me out to dinner. We had a conversation. I think the whole time she thought I was gay because oh. <laughs> all the black male dancers she had met in New York were gay. And so we were having a conversation that last night and she was like, are you? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think so. I think she thought so. But she's like <laughs> every other black male dancer I've met so far has been. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Well, no. And so and then she gave me $100 and said, go enjoy your last night in New York. So and retrospect i had a sugar mama that i had to give sugar to <laughs> in new york and yeah. i was too naive at the time because i didn't have enough <laughs> you know function in my brain to even think like <laughs> that because i was hungry and walking everywhere so <laughs> yeah um yeah well, i don't i can't say that's all too bad i mean we have angels or sugar mamas or <laughs> sugar daddies. Um, sugar friends. <laughs> sugar friends. <laughs> sugar associates. Yes. Um, <laughs> that show up when we need them. <laughs> yeah. You know, just right in the nick of time, because I tell you, I was hungry. Um, but um, more into um, you know my mom's endeavors. My mom was, has been in school for as long as I can remember. Um, yes. And the cool part about her being in school, since as long as I can remember, is that there's not been a time where I ever felt like she gave up. I just realized she's busy. And she's a mom. And so, like, I never, like, took it as, like, wow, she's taking forever to get this degree. It was more like I kind of had this innate understanding of, like, she works more than 40 hours a week. So if I'm having trouble getting through AP homework, I'm sure she's having trouble <laughs> getting through <laughs> whatever this homework is that she's supposed to be having. But when I graduated from high school at that exact same time she graduated with her associates right yes and yes. then by the time i was done with undergrad she was done with her ba and now yes. i am way post-grad it is coming up <laughs> on my five-year anniversary technically <laughs> this will be my five-year anniversary because i graduated in december 2016 but i still wrap wow. class of 2017 so that's next year uh 
but she now has her master's and I am nowhere near school anymore. And <laughs> before I even think about being done with school, she will, or going back to school, sorry, she will have her PhD, uh, doctorate, whatever, doctorate, doctorate yeah. DA, DA, and, um, <laughs> those Thank were claps. You. I don't know how that came across. <laughs> um, so she's out here killing the game. And if you take anything from that, she's a 43-year-old woman, black woman, who works full-time with three children, two of which are in high school and middle school. So you can do it, but do it at your own pace. And as I said before, take some time to get lost. She was doing all these other things, figuring out what she wanted to do, who she wanted to be as a human being. And look at her. About to have her doctorate at her own pace, at her own steam. So don't feel like you got to rush ahead. Take your time. Take your time. I absolutely agree with that. What Would you like to speak some more on that experience and what it's been like? Right. So for anyone who wants to say, you know, college is not for me and I'm going to just really, you know, hit that point. I was like, college is not for me. When I was pregnant with you, I had thoughts of possibly going to college, but then I was like, I'm a single mom. Um, you can't do college. Um, had got a scholarship to the University of Indiana mm-hmm. and was afraid to actually go and take my young child with me because I didn't realize that they had family quarters. I thought I was going to have to stay in a dorm with my my son. And I'm like, that's not going to work out well with all these other teenagers. Right. And so then I went on and took on two jobs and started college at night. Um, Mm. That was on and off for 17 and a half years. Mm. Um, in which it took me to get my first degree, my associate's degree. And some may say, oh, that's a two-year program. But as Jeremy described, um, I was a single mom. I finally got married. Um, Let's see, I bought a house in between that. Mm. Um, And then had another child. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that, matter of fact, two Mm-hmm. children at that point mm-hmm. and uh life happened right and there were times where i was down on myself like why couldn't you have finished this and as i look back that was the best method for me mm-hmm. um i was not rushed through the process i was on nobody's timeline and pretty much we did we were in school together so mm-hmm. you were doing homework i was doing homework mm-hmm. um the girls were doing homework and I just looked at it. I was like, you know what? I've been in school all of my children's life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And really there's the joy of that reminds me the importance of learning, Mm. the importance of discovery uh, of myself, of new things, of others, of new subject matters, that continuous growth process that people talk about all the time Um, actually stops for a lot of people when they get, quote unquote, stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. Um, 
this allowed me to continue to be flexible and to be actually current with things that are going on. Because I didn't finish school in two years for the associates, every time the technology changed and the um, books, the textbooks changed, I was more current than somebody who would have already had their degree. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been very beneficial for me. And I have been a proponent of online schooling for over (laughs) 20 plus years. Yeah. So when the pandemic happened and uh, they're like, oh, the children are going to have to go and do online schooling. I'm like, I got this down. (laughs) (laughs) My children will not have an issue with that transition. Plus, they've seen me online school all of their life. Right. So there's not there's not going to be anything different. And we we flow very well through that process. Um, Yeah, this when I say I really didn't think that I would be a career student. I used to laugh at career college students. Like, how (laughs) many masters do you need to have? How many doctoral programs are you going to go through? (laughs) And now I'm that person. Now 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 you're it. I'm in there. That's you. (laughs) That's you. Because every time I think about grad school, and I think about our desk, I instantly get sleepy. Like I just <laughs> I love I love learning, but I've always been someone who loved to learn at my own pace. And yes. I know it's different for dance too, because I'd probably be up and moving and be more into movement based, but I still be forced to write papers. I'll still right. be forced to read about this white man I don't care about. Like I rather <laughs> rather do my exploration and my learning in my own time at this point. Maybe I'll go back. I think it would be cool because I think I do want to teach at a collegiate level at some point, and you at least have to have a master's in order to do that. Um, but or you also, can create your own school and change the narrative. That because life experiences outweigh textbook. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why you can't read the book and decipher the information and teach it. Mm -hmm. And it really is time for us to change what it looks like to have a teacher who is invested in what they're uh, teaching, Mm -hmm. opposed to someone who's just looking at textbooks and just reading, you know, just giving you uh, work to do. The best life, the best learning is through life and life experiences mm-hmm. and not just the written word. Yeah. And but I was also going to say, I did teach on the collegiate level with our masters already. So I've already kind of broken that narrative, right? I've already had, yes. I had classes for like a year and a half where I was already teaching. Now it wasn't curriculum. You couldn't get your degree off of it, but it was still worth credit. It was still, right. I was still interacting with college students. I was still, you know, f- changing opinions about, you know, what's something that I'm super passionate about, like the thought process behind, you know, what dance is, how it's effective in our life and what hip hop is and what we're, you know, what does it mean, right? What, how can it be right. different? How can it be something that involves more people? Even if they're like not a part of the culture, how can you get somebody to feel like they're a little bit more involved in it so they have more stake in it? So yes. I've already 
already kind of broken that like you got to have an MA to teach because I did teach technically I was faculty I was on the faculty payroll like my ID said I was a part of the HHK department so um but yes I do eventually want to open up my own creative arts center where I am intermingling all of the different facets of arts together so that you can have a dance show while someone's on stage painting a portrait while there's live music playing while you know someone's reciting a poem like it's all connected and intermingled and all of that thing so excuse me so i am that's the whole journey that i'm on right now that i kind of understand why i'm going through the things i'm going through because it's leading me towards that particular goal that i have set up like I've been teaching for four years now. Like that was wild to think about that. Right. I've been teaching some of these kids entire high school career. Like I, they grew up with me and like wow. really just blew my mind to think about that. But yeah, I've been teaching for four years now. Cause I started in 20, yeah, started in 2017 and you know, that's, that's a world of experience on its own, but right. I'm ready. I've been feeling ready for a long time to start the transition to performing um, so I can get some more movement vocabulary. But what I've been learning from teaching is the kids push me to be a better uh, choreographer as they because they're my advanced kids are so advanced that I got to keep morphing and changing and coming up with new ideas to keep them challenged in class so they're not bored. So that's really what has been pushing me towards and showing me that maybe I don't necessarily need to perform. Maybe I just need to take class and take that energy and transform it into, you know, my choreography skills so I can use that to get to where I need to get to, but also still kind of have this want to perform because it's always kind of fun to perform, but like (laughs) understanding like how all the pathways are kind of push me into these different pockets where I can, still do what I enjoy and love while also, you know, learning new skill sets and becoming a more well-rounded individual outside of that. And it's also taught teaching has taught me to be a better human. Like it, like I've always felt the weight of being the eldest sibling, but it's kind of different because the gap between me and my siblings is so huge that it's like, it feels intangible at times and I don't see them all the time. And I, I know they feel my presence and are still kind of looking up to me in their own way. But also when I'm teaching, I am like tangibly there with these students every week, right. watching them progress, watching them change, watching them watch me. Like yes. I, before I even start dancing, they're copying my mannerisms of like cracking my ankles, rolling my neck, moving my shoulders. <laughs> like they are like on it and they're watching me all the right. time. So they're watching my behavior as, and that's going to be assimilated into what they become as a person. So it makes me so much more aware of my influence all the time. Like how I interact right. with people is always going to be something I'm going to be way more aware of now. Cause I'm like, I'm teaching, even if I don't think I am. Um, at every moment, at every moment we are, and we could either be teaching somebody something positive, mm-hmm. or we could be teaching someone something negative. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice in what we teach and what we show uh, that what we've learned from our interactions. And 
what you just said was critical because it just took me back to a time when you were you had taught yourself how to finger touch. Mm. And um and then the <laughs> the oldest daughter wanted to do it too. Uh-huh. And she watched you and you showed her, you taught her how to do that. And then she picked it up mm-hmm. and she was so methodical mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this dance movement that that was a glimpse for me, uh, your ability to teach um, young people. Mm-hmm. And then also when you taught, was it third and fourth graders? I just know uh, it was a bunch of them. Little ones, real little ones. Little ones on that stage. But um, you commanded the stage and you had this huge group of little people with a lot of boys in this group and you Mm -hmm. kept their attention. Mm -hmm. Again, another glimpse of, wow, he's a great teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. He has this thing. This is, this is his niche, whether it's going to be in dance or something else, you still was a very, very great teacher. And it still shows today. Um, in your mannerisms, in your conversations, which is all very important and very rewarding for a parent to see that their child just didn't, you know, take their gifting and shove it to the side, but embrace it and is using it to fuel uh, their next level of greatness. So I commend you on that. Thank you. I Sometimes I forget about like all the teaching moments that I've actually had in life. Like sometimes I forget that I went to that elementary school and <laughs> taught like 30 kids how to step. Like, yeah, like it was a really, <laughs> it was such an experience because as soon as I walked in, this she had to be, I, I don't know ages, somewhere between eight and 10. <laughs> She nudges her friend. He's cute. And I'm like, (laughs) little girl, no. But no, like, like that was, that was a real, that was like, I don't, I hadn't connected those dots, but thank you for connecting those dots. Yes, I did go to the elementary school. Yes, I went there. I was there like once a week. And, and I was only there for like a few months though, but like, it was put upon me that it was a competition <laughs> between the school I was <laughs> going to. It was funny, though. The school that I was teaching at was not the elementary school I went to. but no. the, But the competition was with the elementary school that I went to. <laughs> it's so funny. But, yeah, like, when I came in, like, they were at attention. Like, yes. like it was me and my friend at the time, and we were just – she took the girls, I took the boys, but in that moment, they understood it wasn't a game. And they understood that it was like the presence in the room was to be focused and to be present. Like, you need to be here, you need to be paying attention. So, yeah, that was like one of the earliest teaching moments. And yeah, like teaching the girls different types of dance moves and watching them learn, like, copy my isolations and. Yes. Uh, <laughs> being really interested when I start to break it down so they that they could understand it and being really involved in all of that. And um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I really have been teaching for a long time. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I do have a knack for it. Like it seems to, 
no matter what age range, I tend to get people involved and motivated. Um, and yeah, that's a really, it's a really key, powerful thing to have because some of the greatest moments and times are from people who were just charismatic and were able to be teachers. Um, right. And so, yeah, that's I'm always trying to be aware of aware of how I'm saying things and how I'm interacting with people because it's it's teaching them something about themselves. It's teaching them something about me. It's teaching something about my my heritage and my upbringing and my culture. Um, and it's always and that having that mathematical equation in my head all the time is kind of exhausting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but like, it also makes me, I feel like it helps me be a better person, like beyond like a religion. Like, yes, I think people, I, I don't fault anybody who people who grip onto religion so tightly because they need the guidelines in order to figure out how to be a good human because it's hard sometimes. But if you find a step past religion where you're just being a good person because being a good person is what you're supposed to be without some like fear of repercussions in the middle, then you're more likely to do it regularly. Right. In my opinion, because people who lean on, you know, negative reinforcement usually push back right we see it all yes, the time yes. we see yeah. it all the time the kid who you fuss at you fuss at you fuss at all the time and then they don't make any changes because they're just re- rebelling against their negative reinforcement but the moment you ignore them their behavior changes because it's not feeding into that energy so it's the same thing to me with like people with religion all the time the hell and brimstone you're going to hell your center type of methodology doesn't really work with humans because our natural instinct is to rebel against that. So right. if we get to like, that's why I really liked our church when we did go to church was that he wasn't in the pulpit yelling at me that I was a sinner, that I was going to hell, I was going to burn forever. It was, <laughs> it was, here's how you lead with love. Just, just here's how you, you know, embrace people with open arms this this is how you you know live life as a good human um right. and so i just took it a step further and i was like i don't need to rely on god to be a good human when i have it within me to figure out how to do that right i don't need to worry about being struck down with lightning me to make me feel like i need to be a good person how about i just be a good person and see how my life turns out and it's been fairly good so far. Like, <laughs> um, but what you what you're describing is a euphoric moment that a lot of people have not subscribed to, mm-hmm. and, or obtained, or will even allow themselves to go there, yeah. right? So that they can use the religion as a scapegoat mm-hmm. um, to say, "Well, you know." I have, uh, I did that because this, and because what I consider as sin, um, is not as bad of a sin as what you did. So I get to talk about that sin, even Mm -hmm. though I sinned myself Mm -hmm. and 
like you mentioned, um, my goal for my family was to learn how to be good people. Mm -hmm. Be good to yourself, because if you're really good to yourself, you're going to be really good to other people. Mm -hmm. And yes, you will take those principles that you, was established in church because there's some pretty good principles there. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted you all to realize that you are not the judge and jury for other people. Mm -hmm. We are free will thinking people. And when you have free will thinking people, they have a choice. Mm -hmm. They can either choose life or they can choose death. Mm -hmm. So choosing life means you're being a good person. You're being good to other people. You're doing things that's not going to cause you imminent death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so that people don't want to subscribe to that. It's yeah. like, oh, I just want to do what I want to do. You absolutely can do what you want to do. But if you are causing yourself um, to go into an early grave by your actions, then you can't get mad at me because I chose to enjoy my life mm -hmm. without those uh, other things. Because death is a requirement of living. Mm -hmm. That's one thing for sure we know is going to happen is that we're going to die. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's you come into the world, you're going to die. Okay. Mm -hmm. All the stuff in the middle is based on the decisions mm -hmm. that you make. And I decided that I want to live great. Mm -hmm. I want to live as long as I possibly can. And so my destructive nature for myself ended when I got pregnant with you. So mm -hmm. all those decisions in life then changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, there's been this, I think uh, a part of me has always been kind of overly self-aware of my own tendencies and um, behavioral cognitive processes. So um, like I don't drink and I don't smoke. I don't smoke because I don't like the smell of smoke. And I don't like my things smelling like smoke. I I don't <laughs> I love the idea of a s'more, but I hate being by a bonfire. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um like I, I can I can tolerate a bonfire because it's it's wood. If the wood smells okay, I can do it. Yeah. But I don't prefer them. Um <laughs> I don't drink because I know I have, I'm aware that I have binging tendencies. Uh, I know that if I really enjoy something, I want a lot of it. So uh, baked barbecue lays, I will go through a bag of those <laughs> in an hour and a half, go buy another bag and be done with it the same day. Um, anime, I will, there's been days, there was one time where I was up for, I don't know, a long time. And me and my mom yes. had went out to eat dinner oh well, get lunch or something and i was like sitting in the passenger seat kind of woozy i didn't know i was moving and but she i guess she saw it she said boy what is wrong with you and i said <laughs> oh i haven't been asleep and she said what do you mean you haven't been to sleep i said i haven't been asleep and about i think it was like 36 hours at that point and she was like when we get home, you're taking a nap. 
And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> when we get home, you're taking a nap. And I didn't really have a choice in the matter because my body crashed. But I was up <laughs> because I was I was binging anime. And so I know that I have these tendencies. And so and since I'm aware of them and I'm aware of family history, I decide nah, I'm not going to go down that road because it just doesn't. Like when I took my first step of alcohol, I text my mom from Cancun like, Pray for me. <laughs> uh oh. Says she's offline. Is she back? Are you back? Am I back? I think you're back. I, I think hear I'm you. Back. Okay, your face is back. Okay. All right. So yeah. So when I was in Cancun, I texted her when I took my first sip of alcohol, and I was like, "Pray for me," because <laughs> <laughs> because if I liked it, I could see myself going off a deep end. But also at that point, I felt like I had built some type of like control mechanism because of how I've dealt with my anger um, over the years. Uh, I feel like I could have turned it off if I needed to, but my first sip of alcohol was disgusting. So it definitely turned me off. So I was good. Uh, but yeah, so I've always been aware of, I don't I feel like I've been for a long time. I've been very aware of certain things about myself, and so I just decide not to engage in certain activities, and I, that has led to my life being more peaceful than not because I don't engage in those, you know, self-deprecating activities that could lead to my demise that you know so many people do. So, yeah, and I try to. I try to explain that to people um, and, you know, I get mixed results. Like always get the, if you don't, you didn't try it. So how do you know? And it's just like, well, there are some things you learn and <laughs> life goes on. I've never jumped off a roof, <laughs> but I know the consequences are that I could possibly break an ankle to my, to the possibility that my shins could, come through the skin and I could be paralyzed from the waist down. Like I don't need to jump off a roof to prove that I know those are possibilities and those things being possibilities are enough for me not to try it. <laughs> and so those are, those are, those are my things. Like I, I like to learn. I like to learn vicariously. Uh, that's kind of like the model, one of the models of my life. I'll learn vicariously. I'll watch you do that, and I know results may vary, but <laughs> your results tend to be quite negative when you continue to do that thing. So I'm going to say the probability of it being that for me as well is real high. So I'll forego it. <laughs> oh, you know, that's that's a thought process that a lot of people don't make yeah you know i, I didn't i tried to smoke mm. and it liked to kill me and i was like i'm done <laughs> i was like my chest hurt my throat's burning my eyes are watering um this i'm not cut out for this mm -hmm. and they stopped showing these commercials they were these commercials when i was growing up where it would be a mouthful of cigarettes Mm. And so they would talk about your mouth being yucky 
about your teeth falling out and mm-hmm. your teeth being yellow. And I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. My smile's like one of the best things that I got going, you know. <laughs> so um, I can't be considered yuck mouth um, mm. around here. That's mm-hmm. not very becoming as a lady that mm-hmm. you go up and you know a guy hits on you and he's like, "Hey, baby, you look, hey, how you doing?" You turn around and you have teeth missing, um, and they're stained and mm-hmm. yeah, mm. that that that's not very becoming at all. So. That was my turn off for cigarettes. Um, and then drinking. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I told you that, but it's like a functioning alcoholic at the age of 15. Yeah, you did. I do remember that. Yeah, I think I shared that with you. So, yeah. Um, drinking's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Not unless it's root beer floats. and. Mm. I'm all about that. Give me a great, <laughs> good, nice um, rock and rye flow. fruity drink, rock and rye. You know, for those who are um, from Michigan, you understand that uh, <laughs> cream soda, mm-hmm. uh, float, a Verner's cooler, <laughs> Boston cooler. You know, I'm all about that. Getting float wasted life. That you know <laughs> is my indulgence right there. But then also, as I got older, I started. Um, researching why my body felt a certain kind of way after having alcoholic beverages Mm -hmm. and um, the chemistry just does not work well for my body. Mm. Maybe other people like the way it makes them feel, but uh, having five days of irritability Mm. after having an alcoholic beverage does not make me feel good at all. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, I stop explaining to people. I, I don't drink. Get me. Uh, I'll live on the edge with a lemonade and a splash mm-hmm. of Sprite. You know, <laughs> I'm on the edge. Um, I crack the waitresses up every time I say that. They're like, okay, with well, a splash of Sprite. Sprite. <laughs> yeah. I just need that little fizz. <laughs> Just a little fizz, you know. Just to get my night rowdy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only reason I had that, even had the alcoholic beverage, is because the the waiters at the restaurant and the resort was like, we don't sell, we don't serve Fanta here. Fanta's for the kids. So, <laughs> tequila? And I was like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hardest thing you can you, give you want You want to give me the the strongest thing you have here <laughs> for my first alcoholic beverage no give me yeah i wouldn't have been getting a text message to the next day <laughs> give me give me the blue lagoon because it sounds pretty <laughs> and color wise it looked like the water i was like wow this looks fantastic yeah. looks like blue kool-aid took a sip and i was like this tastes like toxic waste Get it I away think from it has me. tequila in it too, though. I think the Blue Lagoon has tequila. In it. Uh, I think I think that one. Or is it I vodka? Think, I think it might have been vodka. I don't okay. think it was tequila because I think my nose would have smelled the tequila. I've smelled tequila. I've been around a lot of alcohol, so my nose can pick yeah. up most things. Um, I don't think it was tequila, but whatever was in it, my <laughs> mouth didn't agree with it. Um. <laughs> 
uh, you said something early. Oh, your that was your cigarette ad. My cigarette ad was the lady with the tracheotomy. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, and then she was smoking out the hole. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. end up like this. And then smoke through the hole. I was like, yeah. who? No. <laughs> I do not <laughs> want a hole in my neck. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, I was and, and she continued and she, and she continued conti- to smoke. To smoke. Through the hole. Now. So um we're we're like at an hour and a half, so I'm gonna just zoom ahead. So um so we're I'm out of college at this point. You're through a few degrees, and so now we're at a we're at a few businesses and forgive (laughs) me i probably won't get them all because there are a lot but i'm gonna give you the acronyms that i remember and then i'll let you explain the acronyms and then it's then you at the end you can plug where everyone can find you so we have b we have woven uh we have now the it's under woven, but it's a product under, uh, it's called Fix Your Crown. Um, we have the, uh, I can't remember the name of them. Why can't I remember the name of them? But I think it's, I feel like Stay that's away. a different, yes, center of attention. Um, and so that's those. That's serving you event planning. That's under serving you event planning. So that's a brand. Um, yes. And so that's these little beautiful doll centerpieces that she makes, that she dresses up. They have their own backstories and come with everything. Um, what am I missing? I mean, you do philanthropy stuff. You got a, was that a $10,000 check to do philanthropy in like the Detroit Hamtramck area? Yes. 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 TV show, the Jamie Gabriel show. Um, there's, more moments of reflection yes. which is a brand under woven underwoven <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'll be trying to remember it all but as you can see it's extensive so we have we have the 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 companies and then under the companies there are brands am i explaining yes. that right so that is correct yeah so if you need serving, if you need event planning, you go to serving you event planning. But if you want, also want, you know, things for your event from serving you event planning, you can get a COA, which is a center of attention with the, like the dog pieces I was talking about, or you can get a forever favor, which you haven't done in a while, but that's still a brand. Yes. Under the serving you event planning, and she has woven, which is. Women of Virtue, Eliminating Negativity. Yes. So under that, you can get the Fix Your Crown products. That's the yes. that's the brand or the product. And then the Moment of Reflection is under that as well. Uh, we call that more. Um, duh. M-O-R. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then is B underwoven too? So B is a brand 
that Beast. it actually it's almost a standalone, but it could fall under woven. Okay, and uh, B stands for the teens. Build, encourage, and edify. There we go. So, uh, and then the Jamie Gabriel show is kind of his own entity. You could say that it encompasses all of those things, but it's this all like special thing of philanthropy and discussion and ministry of his own. But it's still its own. Yes, its own thing. But it's still yes. part of the 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 gent enterprises, <laughs> which is not public yet. But no, <laughs> that's what we call it in the in the house. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we have. Well, she has all of these things and we're involved because we are her and she is, she is we. But <laughs> her with her is we. Uh the that is the that is the product brand ambassador section of Jamie Gabriel the person. So if you if you need, you know, you need an event done, she can do all the centerpieces for you and then give you take-home gifts <laughs> that will also edify your soul for the women and the teens. And then you can get some stuff to reflect back to on your time at the event with the more products because you can have a moment of reflection are you with me (laughs) and then you can wash your hair and lotion your body with the more products that smell like black cherry (laughs) because they are delicious and you want to feel good as you fix your <laughs> crown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. So she's just, she's got you all, all together on all facets because there's money management coming soon. You didn't, you heard this here first. Laugh not to cry yes. exclusive. So yes. you will be covered. And then, and then we have people who can DJ the party for you. You got me who can entertain your guests. You have my aunt who can feed your guests. You have yes. my cousin who could make the logos for your party. You have my older sister who can make the logos for your party or for your pamphlets. You have the younger one who can do acrobatics at your party. Like <laughs> We have you covered is what I'm saying. If you haven't caught the drift. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, she's awesome. She's doing great things. Um, When I post this on stuff, I'll make sure, make sure you message me so I can get all of your stuff so I can plug it. But I'll let you plug your thing so that people know where they can find you and find your products. Right. Your brands. So, uh, so for, products you can go to be your own brand.com 
just B-E-E-Y-O-U-R brand.com. If you want to follow me on social media, uh, Twitter is jgab2020. Instagram is jcgab.more. And Facebook is Jamie Gabriel. I have some other ones, but I'll give that to you and post. Awesome. Fantastic. Jamie Gabriel, a.k.a. Mama. It's been nice <laughs> have you on the podcast finally. This idea was birthed from a a family group Zoom that we were doing over the <laughs> pandemic. And, you know, she helped me. She paid for my chair. And... <laughs> And they, everyone pushed me and they were like, you want to do the podcast, do the podcast. And I was like, I got the money. No, I do the podcast. So <laughs> the podcast has been going and it's been a thing. And I only have you and our family to thank for pushing me to do it. And it's, you know, it's been fun. It's been edifying. I hope it's been fruitful for some people. If not, thanks for listening anyways, if you're just here for a good time. Um, <laughs> and... You have any any leaving closing remarks for people? Uh, yes. So don't limit yourself from growing to whatever levels you want to. It's never too late to be your best self. Mm. Snaps to that. I agree. And as I always say, be kind to people and be thoughtful. Until next time. Peace.